Shalom to all. Today's office is Kusum Pay Dalad. We are starting to pay Gimel on Bays. Six lines up from the bottom at the two dots. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam Sarah, Basim Yaakov, Misha, her Nishama should have an Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yachmiel, Mardachai, Ben Rabchaim, his Nishama should have an Aliyah. And we quote the Mishnah of Shimigam Loyal Oimer. What was this talking about? So Mishnah had told us that if a person writes to his wife, Dinu Dvarim, I have nothing to do with your Nechasim, and then he wrote, Bechayech Uvamaisech, that this applies when she's alive and even after she passes away. So the Tanakhama holds that when she dies, he does not Yarshin her. Now Shimigam Loyal argued that he does Yarshin her. Because he's masna amashikasa b'tayra, he's making a tanai. He's trying to make a stipulation against that which is written in the Torah, and that doesn't work. What's written in the Torah? So right now we're assuming that what's written in the Torah is that he yarshins her, so he can't make a stipulation. I'm not going to yarshin you. Now the Gemara says, Amar Rav, Rav tells us halachah Rav Shimon Gamliel, the halachah Rav Shimon Gamliel, v'loimi tamei. However, not for the reason Rav Shimon Gamliel gave. The Gemara asks, My halachah Rav Shimon Gamliel v'loimi tamei. What does that mean? The halachah Rav Shimon Gamliel, but not for the reason that he gave. So we're going to have a number of attempts to explain this. Elim, if you want to say halachah Rav Shimon Gamliel, the halachah Rav Shimon Gamliel. To Amar. He said, in Mesa Yershena, if she dies, the husband still yarshins her. Velavni Tameh, however, it's not for the reason that he provided. The other Rashim Gamliel suffered because Rashim Gamliel holds Masa Masha Kasa Batira Tanai Batal. That if a person makes a Tanai against what's written in the Torah, that Tanai is Batal. For Rav Savar, Rav holds Tanai Kayam. That really the Tanai is Kayam. So why would Rav hold that nonetheless he's still going to yarshin his wife? So it must be that because Savar he holds Yushabal Drabanon, the fact that the husband yarshins his wife is really only at the Khan Drabanon, the Chachamim also Chizakal Debrahim, Yosim Shaltaira, and the Chachamim strengthen their words more than a Dairaisa. If it comes to a Dairaisa, not a problem. You can stipulate that you don't want to have this Dairaisa apply to you. However, when it's the Chamim saying that you Yarshin your wife, that you're not able to stipulate. So if you want to say that that's what Rav means, that we pass like Rav Shimon Gamliel, but not according to his Svara, we'll pay Dalai Ramadal on the top. If it's Rav Tanai Kayim, does Rav really hold the Masa Masha Kasa Batara? It's a valid Tanai? Va'itmar, we have a statement. If a person tells his friend, I'm selling you this object on condition that you don't have any problems of Aina. Aina is the Isser that a person is not allowed to overcharge for something that he's selling. So Ruvain's selling Shimon an object and he's saying, I'm only selling this to you on condition that you don't say, oh, you're overcharging me. Rav Amarav says, yes, all of Aina. He's still able to say, you're overcharging me. Mishmul Amar, he says, ain't all of Aina. He's not allowed to say that. So we see very clearly that Rav holds the Masa Masha Kasa ain't an Ayakayim. That's not valid. So now we have to have another attempt to understand what that means that Halacha Zagrab Shimon Gamliel, but not like his Svara. Alice, or rather, we're going to try to say that Halacha Zagrab Someone who's masna against something that's written in the Torah, it's not a valid tonight. But not according to Shem Gamliel's Svara, dealer of Shem Gamliel's Svara, Shem Gamliel holds Mesa Yershena, that if she dies, the husband still Yarshins her. For Rav Svara, and Rav holds Mesa Lay Yershena, that if she dies, the husband doesn't Yarshin her. The Gemara says that can't be. That's the same Svara as Shem Gamliel, that's just not the same halacha as Shem Gamliel. And we're trying to find the same halacha, but not the same Svara. So here we have our third attempt. He says in Mesa Yershena that if she dies, the husband still yarshins her. But not according to his svara. holds that when someone's masa masha kasa so that's not a valid tonight. However, if he's masa against something that the rabbanon say that is a valid tonight, but Rav holds that even if he's masna against something the rabbanon said, that's also batal, and that's what we mean that Rav doesn't hold of the svara of Rishim Gamliel. But that's also not valid because that's Rav agreeing to both the halacha and the reason of Rav Shimon Gamliel. It's just that for Rav Maisifu, Rav is adding on to Rav Shimon Gamliel's svara. Rav Shimon Gamliel says, you're not allowed to be masna mashakas of but you are allowed to be masna mashakas of Rabbanon. And Rav says, you're also not allowed to be masna against something the Rabbanon said. But that's not Rav arguing with Rav Shimon Gamliel's svara. So yeah, the Gemara has its final explanation. He says, in Mesa Yershena, that if she dies, he yarshins her. But Valavmi Tameh, it's not for the same reason he provided. Dealer Rav Shimon Gamliel, 
Gamliel holds Rishas Habal Dairaisa. The fact that the husband inherits his wife, that's a Dairaisa. And if you're going to make it tonight against what's written in the Torah, so that's Batal. But Varav, so Varav holds Rishas Habal Dairabanon. That the fact that the husband inherits his wife is Dairabanon. And the reason why he inherits his wife is because the Chacham strengthened their words just as if it was a Dairaisa. And the same way that Masamashikasa Batara, Tanai Batal, so too, if a person makes a Tanai against what the Chacham say, the Tanai is Batal as well. So the Lachas like Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel, that he yarshins his wife even though he said Uva Maisech, implying that he's not going to yarshin her. But not for his reason, because Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel holds that the reason why he's not going to yarshin his wife is because we're dealing with the Dairaisa. But Rav holds we're dealing with the Drabanon, so therefore it's for a different reason. But now the Gemara just asked a question, which we're going to end up having an answer to. But Rav Does Rav really hold that the reason why a husband yarshins his wife is only Drabanon? But tonight we have a Mishnah. Rabbi says, If a person inherits his wife, his wife passed away, he inherited her nechasim, when it comes to Yavil year, he has to return this field that he inherited back to the family, and he has to take off from some of the money, which means they have to pay him for this field, but he has to knock off some of the price. And Vavinam we asked on this, Micah Savar, what does Rabbi Yechonon break a hold? Ika Savar, if he holds Yushasabal Dairaisa, that the din that the husband inherits his wife is a Dairaisa, so why does he have to return this property that he inherited from his wife. Avid Rabbanon, if he only inherits his wife Midrabanon, which means that this property that he has from his wife is only his Midrabanon, and Midraisa, he has to return it back to her relatives on Yavel, because we know that on Yavel, all ancestral land has to be returned to its original owners. So, why are we talking about money over here? Why is it they have to pay him for this property? It's only his Midrabanon, but Midraisa, he has to give it to them. So, he should have to give it back to them for free. They shouldn't have to pay for it. And Va'amar Rav, Rav answered that really, Rabbi Yechonbrekah holds that the Yerusha that the husband gets from his wife is midairaisa, and therefore, halachically, he does not have to return this property. However, why in this particular scenario does he have to return it? We're talking about a scenario where his wife was mayrish him, her family's beis hakvaris. It's only because of pegam, of her mishpacha, that the Rabbanon said that they would have to pay for it, and then he would have to give it back to them. It was fairly common back in the day for people to have a whole section of land where people in their family got buried. Now, it would be very embarrassing for her family members if her husband now took this property and started burying his family members in it. This is their family cemetery, not his family cemetery. So therefore, because of this embarrassment that they're going to suffer, we say that he has to return this property, but they still have to pay for it. But again, Midaraisa, he wouldn't have to return it because Midaraisa, he yarshins his wife. Now we just explain what does that mean, that he has to take off from some of the price if we're saying that he really doesn't have to return it and that's why they have to pay him, so they should have to pay him full value for it. The answer is to make Heber Ishtai, he just has to subtract the price of his wife's kever. Anyway, he would have had to pay to bury his wife, so he can't charge them for his wife's kever. And how do we know this concept that would be very embarrassing to have someone else buried in this family burial plot? Ketan, you have a brisa, Hamach Kivrei, if a fellow sells his own kever, Vederach Kivrei, and the path that it would take to get to his kever, Mamadev, if he sells Makai Maimed, which is a certain place where they would stop on the way to burying a person, Umakam Espedai, and the place where they would give Espedim, if he sells all these places, which are rightfully his, and they're really part of his family's burial area, the people of his family can come, and they're allowed to bury him in that plot that he sold against the will of the person whom he sold it to. Why is that? Because it's embarrassing to the family to have someone else buried in their family burial plot. But either which way we see from here that Rav holds that Yerusha Sabal is Dairaisa. So how could we say that Rav argues with Rav Gamliel and holds that Yerusha Sabal is Dairabanon? So my answer is, Rav Rav is just saying this according to Rav Yechonon but he doesn't hold like him. We had asked a question on Rav Yechonon We didn't understand what he meant. Rav came to explain what Rabbi Yechonon meant, but it doesn't mean that Rav holds like him. So therefore, we could still say that Rav argues Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel's reasoning. Now, moving on to another Mishnah, and here we're going to be discussing the case of a fellow
Shell that died, and there are a number of people claiming his property. As we know, the general rule is that if someone can be considered a muhzik, then he has first rights. The question over here is, can we say that someone is considered a muhzik? So the Mishnah tells us, Misha Mesa fellow died, we're going to call him Ruvain, Vinyach Isha, Ubalchaiv, Vyarshin. And he left over his wife, she wants her ksuba, he left over Balchaiv, he owed this fellow money. And he also left over Yarshin. And he had either a pikadain, something he had deposited by someone, or someone else owed him money. Shemin owed Ruvain money. So Ptarfanimer, he says, this pikadain, or Milva, should be given to the weakest of all of them. Whoever has the weakest time over here, whoever has the least ability to take this money, he gets the money. Rabbi Kiva, I mean, Rabbi Kiva says, in Rachman Bidin, we don't have mercy when it comes to strict halacha. El Yunasul Yarshin. It's given to the Yarshin. And why is that? Shakulan Srichin Shvuav, in a Yarshin Srichin Shvua. Everyone needs to make a Shvua if they want to take. The woman needs to make a Shvua that she didn't get her Ksuba. The Bachayv needs to make a Shvua that he didn't collect his Chayv. However, the Yarshim, they don't have to make a Shvua. So therefore, they get the money because they're considered more Muchzak than the other two. Another scenario, Hinech Peretz Tulushim and Akarka. Reuven, when he died, he left over produce that was detached from the ground. So in this scenario, whoever gets there first, he Zaychen them. If the woman gets there, she gets to keep them. If the Bachayv gets there, he gets to keep them. And obviously, if the Yarshim get there, they also get to keep it. Now, let's say Zachar Isha Yasser Meksubasa. The woman, she got there first. She took this produce, but she ended up taking more than her ksuba, or ubalchayv yasral chayvay. The balchayv ended up getting there first, and he ended up taking more than the money he was owed. Hamay, sir, what's done with this extra? Rabbi Tarfanay, where he says, you know, it's taken away from the person that has it, and it's given to the weakest one. Rabbi Kiva, where he says, in rachem abedin, we are not merachim when it comes to din. Strict halacha, we're not going to have any mercy. El yonasal yarshin, it's given to the yarshin. Shakulun srichin shvua, ve'en yarshin srichin shvua. The other two, the wife and the balchayv, they have to make a shvua, whereas the yarshin don't have to make a shvua. Nothing more why does the Mishnah need to mention two different cases that he either left a milva with somebody else, meaning Shimon owed him money, or that he left to be cuddin with Shimon? What does it make a difference? Why don't we just say that Shimon had something of Ruvain's? So the more answer is we have to have both cases. Ditana Milva, if we only had the case where Shimon owed Ruvain money, I might say that Bahaka Amr Tarfin. Over here, Tarfin says we give it to the one that has the weakest taina. Why is that Mishim de Milva Nitna? Because a milva is meant la a milva is meant to spend. What does that mean? So when Ruvain lent Shimon $100, it's meant to be spent, and therefore when Shimon returns Ruvain that money, he's returning a totally different $100. So that means that the $100 that Shimon currently has is not the original $100, and therefore we can't say that the Yarshim are concerned a Muxik on it, and that's why it's going to be given to the one with the weakest taina. I'll be condemned, but we're dealing with a deposit, the original thing that Ruvain gave Shimon is still here, I might say that he would agree to Rabbi Kiva, the Rabbi Tarfin would agree that it's given to the Yarshim and it's not given to the Balchayv or the woman. If we only had the case of Pikadon, I might say that Rabbi Kiva. it's only in this case that Rabbi Kiva says that it's given to the Yarshim and not the other two. But if we're talking about a milva, I'm say that he agrees with Tarfin. That's why we have to have both cases to say that Tarfin and Rabbi Kiva argue both by milva and by Bikadoin. Now, it's in the Mishnah, the court of Tarfin is given to the Kaishal Shabahen, the one that has the weakest taina. So the Gemara has Maila Kaishal. Who exactly is this person that has the weakest taina? So he says, It's the one that has the weakest raya. And who has the weakest raya? That's the Balchayv, the one that's owed the money. That's because when he's up against the wife, they both have shtaris. However, the wife's shtar is dated before his shtar is dated, which means that she's able to collect her ksubra from more lakuchais, from more people that had purchased properties from her husband. As opposed to Balchayv, since his shtar is dated later, he's able to take from fewer people, and therefore, he's the underdog, he has the weakest taina, and therefore, we're going to give it to him. Rabbi Yechonar, he says, Luxubis Isha, we give this money to the woman for her ksuba. That's because it's not very common that a woman is going to go around looking for properties that her husband had sold. And also, Mishum Chena, the reason why we're going to give it to her is because of Chen. We want her to find Chen, find grace in the eyes of other men, so she can get married. And the only way she could do that if she's paid the ksuba. And this is a kitanai, just like a machalik is tanaim. Rabbi Yaman Aimer, he says, 
it's given to the one that has the weakest raya of who kosher, and that's the proper way to act. And Rabbi Lazar, he says, it's given for ksuba because we want to give her a certain chain, a certain grace. Now moving on to the second part of the Mishnah, we had said, so it seems to be from a simple reading of the Mishnah that according to everyone, meaning both according to Rabbi Tarfin and Rabbi Kiva, whoever gets to it first, he gets to keep it. And the only machalik between Rabbi Tarfin and Rabbi Kiva is what do we do with the extras? If the balchayv or the woman ended up taking too much, what do we do with that extra? But the Gemara now asks, Rabbi Kiva, my area miser. According to Rabbi Kiva, why are we dealing with the miser? Why are we dealing with only the extra? Why does Rabbi Kiva say the extra that they took, that's going to be given to the Yarshim? Kulunam and the Yarshim Havu. Really, everything belongs to the Yarshim according to Rabbi Kiva. Remember, Rabbi Kiva says that when Ruvain dies and leaves money over, that money automatically goes to the Yarshim. Why does Rabbi Kiva seem to agree with Rabbi Tarfin that this produce is allowed to be taken by anybody and they only argue about the extras? That doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, Anichnam, you're 100% right. According to Rabbi Kiva, everything is given to the Yarshim. Since Rabbi Tarfin happens to be talking about the Miser, so Tana Ihunami Miser, Rabbi Kiva is also talking about the Miser, but Rabbi Kiva really says that everything goes to the Yarshim, not just the Miser. Now the Gemara paid out on Bezan Tab asks, Rabbi Kiva Tfis Alemahanya Kalal, according to Rabbi Kiva, if one of these people was Typhus something, if they grabbed some of this money, that doesn't work at all. Are you saying that in every situation, the money is going to be taken away and given to the Yarshim? So Gemara answers, Amarava Amrav Nachman, Vahusha Tafis Mechaim. According to Rabbi Kiva, Tfisa works only if he was done when he was alive. Meaning, if when Reuven was alive, Shimon, his Balchayv, went into his wallet and stole some money out of it, or his wife went and took some money out of his wallet and put it in her pocket. So then when Reuven dies, even according to Rabbi Kiva, the woman or the Balchayv is allowed to keep that money. But again, that's only if there's Tfisa Mechaim, if the money was taken when Reuven was still alive. If they were Typhus after Reuven died, so then that's not a good Tfisa, and we're going to take it away from the person that took it. Now we're going to ask Reb Tarfin. Remember he had said that if the husband had left over a pair of Tlushim, whoever gets them, he gets to keep them. So we ask Reb Tarfin, the man Chiecha, according to Reb Tarfin, where is this produce located? So Rabbi Shmuel and Shavayah, both of them say, It has to be gathered and placed in Rosh Hashanah But if it's in a Simta, if it's on the side of the Rosh Hashanah so then it's not a free-for-all, it's not allowed to be taken by whomever gets to it first, it belongs to the Yarshim. So what exactly is the difference between the Rosh Hashanah and a Simta? So a Simta, a side alley near Rosh Hashanah is a place where vendors and businessmen will go off in order to have a bit of quiet so they can finalize deals. It's not considered a Makim Hefker like Rosh Hashanah is, and therefore produce, which is located in a Simta, is like it's in the Roshos of the Yarshim already, and the wife of the Baal Chayv are not allowed to take it from there, according to Rav and Shmuel. Now, Rabbi Yechon, Rosh Hashanah, and Shavayu, both of them say, Afil Basimta, even if the produce is in a Simta, whoever gets to it first, he gets to keep it. However, now the Gemara tells us, Dayan Dayanik Rab Tarfin, Dayanim Paskin like Rab Tarfin, and the woman of the Baal Chayv, they took this produce from the Simta, and the Dayanim allowed the woman of the Baal Chayv to keep it. However, Vahadra Rosh Lakish of the Minayu, Rosh Lakish retracted this Psak, and he took it away and gave it to the Yarshim. Now, Amal Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, Asr Lakish, you just made this halacha like it's a dairaisa. You just took Rabbi Kiva's shita, which is that we have to give everything to the Yarshim. You just made that like a dairaisa. You said that even though the Dayan and Paskin like Rabbi Tarfin, we're going to retract that psak and we're going to Paskin like Rabbi Kiva. How could you do so? So now the Gemara suggests, let's say that this is the machalik is between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yechanan. The Mara the Rish Lakish holds Tabi Dvar Mishnah Chaiser, that if a Dayan made a mistake with the Dvar Mishnah, we're going to be Chaiser and we're going to retract that psak. Umar Sav Rabbi Yechanan holds Tabi Dvar Mishnah in a Chaiser, that if a Dayan made a mistake with the Dvar Mishnah, we're not going to be Chaiser. Mishnah means that a Dayan made a mistake with a Psaq which is very clear, like it's written in a Mishnah. It's not something which is a Svara, that he had one Svara, someone else has another Svara. This is something which is clearly stipulated in a Mishnah or it's a very clear Psaq. Now, over here, we know that Halacha Karebi Akiva Mechave Rai. When Rabbi Kiva argues with a colleague, the Halacha is like him. So Paschal and Tarfin against Rabbi Kiva is being Tabadvar Mishnah. So it seems to be that Machlaikas is. Rish Lakish holds that Tabadvar Mishnah, we're going to be Chaiser from that Psaq, whereas Rabbi Yechon holds that even though a Dayan was Tabadvar Mishnah, we're not going to be Chaiser from it. So says, that's not so. Everyone holds that if a Dayan was Tabadvar Mishnah, we're going to be Chaiser from that Psaq. Over 
here the Machlekes is Mar Savar Biyachar and holds Halacha Kerbi Kiva Mechavei Roi Veloi Mei Rabbi that the Halachas of Kerbi Kiva only when he argues with a colleague of his, but not when he argues with his Rebbe. And Reb Tarfin is his Rebbe. And Mar Savar Halacha Fil Mei Rabbi Rish Lakish holds that Rebbe Kiva is arguing with someone the Halachas like him even when he's arguing with his Rebbe. Viba is saying alternatively we could say the Kolayam Halacha Kerbi Kiva Mechavei Roi everyone holds the Halachas of Kerbi Kiva only when he's arguing with a colleague Veloi Mei Rabbi not when he's arguing with his Rebbe. Vachabak Amethagi over here what's the Machlekes Mar Savar Reb Tarfin Rabbi Hava Rebbe Yechon holds Reb Tarfin was Rebbe Kiva's Rebbe. And Umar Savar Shlakish holds that Chaveri Hava. He was his colleague and he wasn't his Rebbe. The same alternative we could say to Kuli Alma Chaveri Hava. Everyone agrees that he was really his colleague, meaning the Rabtarf and Rabkiva were colleagues. Bachabakamithlegi over here, the Machlaikis is Mar Savar Halacha Itmar. Rishlakish holds that when we say that Halacha Kirbi Kiva Mechaveri, that means that that's what the Halacha is. And therefore, if you pass in not like Rabbi Kiva, we're going to be Chaiser from that. But Umar Savar Rabbiachan holds Matan Itmar. Then when we say that Halacha Kirbi Kiva Mechaveri, it doesn't mean that Halacha is like Rabbi Kiva. It means that we're more inclined. We're going to lean towards Paskin like Rabbi Kiva. But if at the end of the day we don't Paskin like Rabbi Kiva, we Paskin like the one that argues with him, we're not going to be Chaiser and retract that and then Paskin like Rabbi Kiva. And now we're going to have a number of stories about this topic. Kriyad Rabbi Yechanan, toughest part of the Asmim Simta. The relatives of Rabbi Yechanan, they took a cow that belonged to Yusimim and they took it from a Simta. They were owed money by the deceased father, so they went and took a cow of his from the Simta. Now also look at Rabbi Yechanan, they came to Rabbi Yechanan, Amalu, he told them, Shapir Tafsasua. When you grabbed it, what you did was really good. Since it was in a Simta, you have the right to grab it. And that's like Riptarfin. Also look at Rabbi Yechanan, they went to Shlakesh, Armelui told him, Zilu Ahadur, you have to go and give it back to him. We passed like Rabbi Kiva, not like Rabbi Tarfin. Now, also come to Rabbi Yechanan, they went back to Rabbi Yechanan, Armelui told him, Ma'asai, what am I supposed to do? Shakinegdi Chalukolai, someone who's on the same status as me, he argues with me, and therefore I get to Shlakesh, you would have to give it back. Another story, Ahubakar, they asked me, certain herdsmen of the Asimim, which means that this fellow was appointed to watch the cattle of the Asimim, the Tufsi Turamine, a Balchayv grabbed an ox from him. The Balchayv Amr, the fellow that grabbed it, he said, Mechaim Tefisnalai, I grabbed it when Ruven was still alive. And therefore, I'm allowed to keep it. Ubakra Amar, whereas the herdsman said, Lachar Misa Tafsei, he grabbed it after Misa and he would have to give it back to the Usaimim. Also, come to Rav Nachman, they came to Rav Nachman. Amrlai, he asked the Bakra, Islacha Sadi the Tafsei, do you have any Adim when he grabbed it? Amrlai, he said, Lav, I don't have any Adim. So Amrlai, Rav Nachman told him, Migu Biyadi, since the Balchayv is able to say, I bought it, I never grabbed it, it's really mine, I purchased it. So Yachalami Lemeimer, Mechaim Tafisnalai, he's also believed to say that he grabbed it, Mechaim. Ask the Gemara, hold one second. Hamar Yishlakish, Yishlakish says, Animals that wander from place to place, they don't have chazaka. An animal, for example, like a sheep or a goat that wanders around constantly, just because a person's holding on to it, he can't say, oh, I'm mochsek, I have it, so it's mine. That's because since they're always wandering around the place, just because you're holding on to it doesn't mean that it's yours. So why don't we say the same thing over here? The Balchayv has this animal. Well, these animals wander all around the place, so why don't we say that just because the Balchayv has it, it doesn't mean that it's his? The Gemara answer is no. Shani tour de Messir Laraya. When we're dealing with a tur, an ox, or a cow, something large, that's something which is given over to a shepherd or over to a herdsman or a watchman to take care of them. This halacha of gaidras, Elam Chazaka, is talking about small animals like sheep and goats that are always wandering from here to there. But large animals like oxen are not wandering around and therefore they would have a chazaka. If a person's holding on to them, he could claim that this is his. And another story, people of the Nasi's household, they grabbed a maidservant that belonged to Yisayimim and they grabbed this maidservant from a simta. They were obviously owed money, so they took this maidservant from a simta. Now Yosef Rebbe Vov, Rebbe Chanina Bar Papi, they were all sitting down. The Yosef Rabbi Abagabayu and Rabbi Abba was sitting with them. Amrulahu, they told them, which means these three first Rabbanim that we mentioned, told the household of the Nasi, Shapir Tafsisua, when you grabbed her, you did a good job. You're allowed to grab her. That's like Riptarfin. Now Amrulahu, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba told them, Mishum de just because they're from the Nasi's household, Machnafisuluhu, you're flattering them to say that the halachas like them. It's not so. We already have a story where the Dayanim Paskin like Riptarfin, Vahadrish Lakish of the Minayu. And Rish Lakish made them go back on it because when a Paskin like Riptarfin, we Paskin like Rabbi Kiva. 
And another story. Yerubar Chashu have a mask bezuze by Hugavra. Yerubar Chashu was owed money by a certain fellow, and Shachiv, that fellow, died. Veshavak Arva, he left a boat in the river. Amr Leila Shluche, so Yerubar Chashu told his shliach, Zil Tafsaniyala, go grab that boat for me. Azal, the fellow went, Tafsa, he grabbed the boat, and right when he grabbed the boat, Pagubera, Papa Rav Hunabred Rav Yeshua, Rav Papa and Rav Hunabred Rav Yeshua met this fellow. Amr Leila told him, At Taifas Balchav Makam Shachav Lacherim, you right now are taking for a Balchav, you're taking for Yerubar Chashu, but it's in a situation where it's causing a disadvantage to other people that are owed money. We are owed money by that same fellow. And Amr Rabbiachan, Rabbiachan says, If someone's going to grab something for one Baal Chayv, but that's going to cause a disadvantage to other Baalei Chayv, he's not kind of it. So you, Mr. Shliach of Yerim Bar Chashu, you are not kind of that boat. So the Gemara tells us, Tafsua Inhu, they grabbed it. Rav Papa and Rav Hunabred Rishua, they both grabbed the boat together. They were trying to be kind of it for themselves because again, as we just said, they were owed money by this fellow. Now how exactly did they grab the boat? Rav Papa Mimlech Maluche. Rav Papa, he was in the boat rowing it, trying to show that it's his. Rav Hunabred Yerushua, Mimtach Lav Ashla. Rav Hunabred Yerushua, he was pulling it along the shore with ropes. Mar Amar Anakanina Lalakula. Omar Amar Anakanina Lalakula. Both of them said, I'm kind of the entire boat. I'm rowing it. I'm pulling it with ropes. It's mine. Now, Pagabu Rav Pinchas Bar Ami. Pinchas Bar Ami encountered them. Amar Louis told them, Rav Shmuel Damit Shavahu. Rav Shmuel say, Ushet Zvurim Menachem Rishas Arabim. The only time Rav Tarfin says that the Bali Chayv can go and grab it and that it doesn't belong to the Yusayim is if it's located in the Rishas Arabim. And this boat wasn't in the Rishas Arabim. We're assuming right now that the boat was by the dock and the dock is not considered Rishas Arabim. So Amar Luhu, they told him, We actually grabbed it from the middle of the river. This is where the current of the river is. That's where when you row a boat, it's in the middle of the river, not on the edge of the river. And that's considered Rosh Hashanah So we actually did grab it from Rosh Hashanah So bottom line is, who does this boat belong to? Asla Kamei Rava. They came to Rava. Rav Papa and Rav Hunabred Rav Yeshua. Amalhu Rava told them, You are white geese who are taking off people's clothing. He called them white geese. White is Lashon of old. And geese is an expression of Chachma, which means you are elderly people that have a lot of Chachma, but you're taking people's clothing off of them, meaning you're not allowed to be taking this boat anyway. Tfisa only works if it's done mechayim, if it's done when the person who owed you money was still alive. But you took this boat after he died, so neither of your tfisas are valid, because you didn't take it when he was alive. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with some more stories. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.